0: Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's football and random things here on a Monday afternoon, in person episode of football and random things. I believe for the first time since 2020, uh, Jeff Woody, welcome back. Welcome in to the new Cyclone Fanatic Studios. This is this is
1: cool. I mean, the uh, it's still a little work in progressy because we got some some stuff to put in before football season, but the amount of stuff that this place allows us to do is uh
0: startling it allows me to do this yeah. round of applause for the cyclone fanatic studios yeah. Yeah. why are you sitting down like that why are you being a weirdo
1: i'm uh, i'm not used to do, I, I don't i'm not used to seeing you yeah like it's usually it's just like a hint of jared now yeah. it's just a full it's a whole lot
0: now you're here uh you're, you should be luck- glad that you're sitting over there uh, just got done playing basketball. I have not taken a shower. So luckily you get to sit all the way across the room away from me.
1: I think people are really excited to hear about the uh, physical setup of the podcast space. Yeah. I think the, that's what, that's what they tune in. I'm
0: better. sure that they're thrilled. Uh, all right. We've got a lot to talk about here. Uh, a couple of Iowa state things coming out of fall camp. And then I've got nine big stories from the big 12 for you. Okay. Some overarching things, some things that I, I did some Google search and I was looking, you know, what's maybe the big storyline in fall camp in, uh, you know, in Austin and so on down the line. And so I've got some of those things. You can react to them. I want, uh, on a scale of one to five, how, how does Jeff Woody feel about what these pieces of news, you know, if you think, if you really are buying into the hype of it, it's a five, Okay. If you're not buying, it's a one. Okay? okay. Uh, all right, but first we'll start with these Iowa State things. Jake Remsburg announced last week uh, that he is day-to-day with an injury. Uh, expected to, at minimum, be out until uh, that first week before Iowa State opens the season against Southeast Missouri State. I would be surprised if he is back on the field uh, for that game specifically, but I it, it wouldn't shock me at all, I think, if he was out all the way until the end of the non-conference.
1: Well, I mean... It's also a thing that uh, I I don't know what it is, but if they give him a day-to-day status and it's something that some, like some outlet says a long time, some outlet says not a long time. Like I remember back in, uh, this is an Iowa callback, but I remember Brandon Scherf had a torn MCL that he had repaired on Monday and played on Saturday. So (laughs) like it could be a thing that. Was, or Toram Nesk, excuse me. So it could be a thing that takes a while. could be a thing that, oh, it's repairing faster than they could. I think the expectation should be that he's not playing right away. And if he does, then cool. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It, it's, it's a we'll see situation. Um, and I think the other thing, so this is another thing just about offensive line play in general, is if you look at every position on the field, there are five positions that never look at the football. And those are the offensive line positions. I've probably said it on this podcast before, but that means that you are, uh, there's a that is the least defensed position against injuries because you can't see what's coming at you. So uh, offensive line depth and replacement of like the capacity to replace those players, that's a really big thing, just being able to do it. So Iowa State having that tested early, but that's not unique to Iowa State. Like every school, I mean, I remember last year, it was last year or the year before, Georgia made it through the entire season with every offensive line or every, every offensive lineman starting all 12 games in the regular season, which was like something they announced in the broadcast eight times, which allows, which kind of indicates how rare that is to have that happen. So it's a big deal, but it's not a big deal. Um, Every other team in the country is going to go through something like that just due, due to the nature of offensive linemen facing away from the ball and not able to protect themselves against what things are coming to.
0: Them. I have to imagine that the injury is especially frustrating for him specifically after having to battle his way back from injuries through most of last season. Uh, a little bit disappointing in that sense, where he'd finally been healthy. I know that he was feeling really good and felt like he was playing some of the best ball that he had in in quite a while and now to get injured again. uh, It's certainly unfortunate.
1: But it also might be on the other side of it that he, because he has had such an injury past, this might be a thing that they would push someone else towards getting back to, Mm -hmm. but they might not with him because he has had an injury past. I'm like, hey, man, let's not make this thing into a six month thing. Let's just make sure it's gone. So you don't have to deal with this again. So I don't know. I, it it's, it is disappointing more for him. Cause let's say he can't play for the Iowa game. That's a, you know, that's a game you want to play in, right. especially if you're from Iowa, like that's, that's one you want to be in for. Cause you're going to be playing against your teammates, your high school rivals, coaches that didn't recruit you or did recruit you, or, you know, just you get to talk trash to your family. Like all those things are, are kind of embedded. So it's, it's more tough for him, but I think, you know next man up is is a cliche but especially true on the offensive line do you have any thoughts on uh, grant triper who's likely to replace him i have no idea i mean i haven't seen enough of him yeah. in live action especially at the position that he would be playing with the people he's playing against you know like mm-hmm. i've used this metaphor a ton before but offensive line play in basketball are very similar you know you might be a, a, a point guard might be awesome with one lineup and then be really bad with another lineup. But just because those pl- those five on the floor connect really well, they communicate really well, they just kind of feel what the other person's doing, you replace two or three of those guys in that five, and that same point guard might not produce at the same efficacy that he did before. So, like, maybe Triber plays really well in this group. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. It's really hard to say because they all function as one big group together. And there so okay so I'm going to piggyback off this thing. I was listening to a Williams and Bloom Sunday pod that they did this morning, which I usually do as I'm just like making breakfast and walking around the house. And one of the things they were talking about is just general offensive line play and how people and I agree with Brent that there is something that it just kind of happens where there's like there's a catch-all of like well we want to do something better, they're not doing the thing as well as they want to, it's got to be the offensive line's fault. Well the problem with that is like the offensive line is so fluid in and out of everybody else's stuff. So like I've been coming at it from a running back's perspective, if I'm running a play and I, I haven't an, my, my first three steps or my angle of attack that I'm going to the line of scrimmage with it's, let's say it's outside the guard and I do that. Perfect. Then I see the linebacker, the linebacker has to match my tempo. Then he ends up on the outside lay, hip of the guard. He, I put him right where he wants to, then I can cut underneath that. The offensive lineman didn't do anything in that situation to put the linebacker in the spot that I want him to. Let's say that I take my steps one second too soon. That linebacker reacts. Then he ends up on the inside hip of the guard. That guard can't do the job that he's meant to do because I screwed it up. So it's not the offensive line's fault that that didn't get blocked correctly. That's my fault. In the same way, let's say a quarterback goes to take a drop, and he drops for whatever reason. He's looking at the field, and he drops instead of dropping straight back because sometimes they'll have angled drops to sit behind a guard or wherever your launch point's going to be. So let's say he's supposed to sit behind the guard, but he sits directly behind the center. Well, again, linemen not facing the quarterback. They don't know where the ball is, so they just got to trust that you're doing exactly what you want to. So for anybody else that's not in the film room, we don't know where the quarterback should be setting up. So it might even look like the guard completely whiffs and misses on something or the tackle completely whiffs. But he's expecting the quarterback to meet a different spot. Maybe he holds on to it a little bit longer. Maybe he gets rid of it quicker than he should have. The offensive lineman's expecting the defensive lineman to get to him so he can punch him a little bit. And then all of a sudden, quarterback gets rid of the ball fast. Guy jumps up and bats it down. Well, hey, you need to get their hands down. Like There's too much interplay between the offensive line and everybody else to say that they're doing a bad job. Now, the counterpoint is you can usually look back on what they're able to do I think in my mind is when you interchange posi- like players at positions without losing a ton of difference, that's when you can say the offensive line is doing good or bad. Like if this year, this is going to be kind of a, a, a unique litmus test to the offensive line's capacity because you're going to have Jirel Brock that plays a lot. I would, with the amount of smoke that's coming out of the camp about Nor- Cartavious Norton, I would imagine you're going to see him a lot. You're going to see... Dion Silas a lot. You're going to see Eli Sanders some. So you're going to have four running backs back there. If they all succeed, offensive line's doing good. If they all fail, offensive line doing poorly. If half succeed and half fail, then the offensive line is probably doing well and the other two running backs that are not succeeding aren't. And so like you're going to have a better litmus test of it, but it's too interwoven to be able to say offensive line as a whole is doing poorly or well. Now, Again, one last thing before we move on is it's much easier when there's a clear individual battle that a person wins or loses, like left tackle going up against defensive end, easy kick step. You're, you are getting yourself back defensive end, rushing the quarterback. Did you stop him? Did you not? Did you get beat? Did you get not? Those are really easy because that's just straight one-on-one again, basketball. That's like the, the both Forwards, both guards clear out, and they just mm-hmm. let Chris Paul go to town on the other guy. Did, yes. did that defender stop Chris Paul? Because it's just straight one-on-one. So uh, the offensive line without Remsburg for the first few weeks, potentially, and with Rems- Remsburg for the back half of the week, potentially, it'll be interesting to see how it works once everybody gets put in play. But I think you just kind of got to expect that guys are going to get hurt at that position. You just hope that it's you know something like this that's day-to-day and not not news coming out that XYZ player is out for the whole year.
0: All right. Let's uh, jump into some of these big 12 stories here. Uh, where do you want to start? What school do you want to start with?
1: Let's just go uh, like favorites to least favorite. No, let's go the other way. Let's go bottom of the conference projected to top of the
0: conference projected. Well, my friend, then do I have the Kansas football story for you? Uh, Kansas football has gone state of the art, apparently. This was the biggest or like the top headline that I saw of Kansas football on Google News. When I searched for it, the headline says state of the art seeker machine delivers high efficiency training for Kansas football. Uh, And then it breaks down what the seeker machine is. They said they call it the seeker and it's dubbed the world's first robotic quarterback, kicker and punter. It has now comp- not completely replaced the old jugs machine- machines that have been a staple of football practices for decades, but it certainly increases what coaches and players can d- get done with practice reps for receivers, defensive backs and on special teams. Now that you've heard that Kansas football has gone state of the art. How do you feel about Kansas Sternfall fall camp that this is the big story coming out?
1: So it was supposed to be five being I'm blown away and one being. Yeah, yeah. it's like a negative three. <laughs> you know what you can't simulate with that uh, blocking tackling <laughs> competitiveness execution actually a quarterback completing a pass doesn't work that way and i think the the thing that kansas has had such has been so bad like above the fact that they've had horrendous just management of programs and coaches uh, outside of that but like when you're on the field the things that they have done exceptionally poorly have not been physical. No. It's not that like they're, they're not catching passes or not, run, not throwing passes, right? They have fairly decent talent at specific positions. It's that they have absolutely no desire to do things the right way. They just kind of do them the way they think that's going to get them something. Like if your job as a nose tackle is to be in the B gap, but there's a chance that if you jump out to the C gap that you can make a sack, I'm going to try that C gap. And you try and you go out of your way, don't do the thing that you're supposed to do. And then all of a sudden, there's this giant hole in the B gap that, you know, any team in the country is going to run, except Texas, not Texas. Any team in the country is going to run through and just, you're going to get completely annihilated. And you do that across 11 players. So the fact that they can now have a robot throw
0: beavers, cool. All right. Uh, I just want to say, too, the seeker machine sounds more like some sort of unmanned drone. Than a, than a football it seems very Harry Pottery drill thing. Well, I mean, it is a Harry Potter thing, but no, like the the seeker. I could see that being like the next line of military technology. What I thought
1: that was was like uh, it's like a, a tackling dummy, but the tackling dummy's coming for you, and it moves. Yeah, it's coming after you. You already know that's
0: going to be a thing. It's- there will be a day where teams where people are going up against AI scout teams. And they can perfectly simulate what you're going to be playing against. That's, I'm tell- that's wild. It's like some VR stuff. Like, that's, have you se- have wild. you seen the guys in baseball? They wear the VR headset and they'll practice their hitting with the VR headset on. That's, I mean, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. It's kind of terrifying if we're being clear. Well, I mean, what like if in this hypothetical scenario, the robots revolt and then they become the football team.
1: And then they're the ones coaching. Yeah. What are they? What's the first? Are they going to call four verts every play? Or is this this on all Madden mode, or are we on rookie? I was going to say, they're going to be
0: on all Madden. They're going to be mossing people every time that they uh, can do anything. And it'll be impossible to pass because the guys will be able to glitch from side to side. It'll be Kansas football, state of the art, man. Uh, All right, moving on to Texas Tech. Uh, Joey McGuire, new Texas Tech head coach named Tyler Shuck, is the starting quarterback for the Red Raiders coming out of the preseason. He was a starter for Texas Tech in the first four games of last season. Uh, had 872 yards, six touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns. Uh, how do we feel about the Red Raiders now that we know that uh, former Oregon quarterback Tyler Shuck will be their starting quarterback?
1: I mean, a Texas Tech's a really interesting team. So if, again, five really excited, one being, I, I feel like this is like a two, mm-hmm. because it's sort of what was expected. Like it's not, he is a talented player. I think his problem is like between the ears, like he would get down on himself or be extra critical where he, he shouldn't have been. But
0: well, I can't imagine why he'd get down on himself when he'd get pulled from the Fiesta bowl for after scoring a touchdown. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it is keeping your confidence kid. Yeah. <laughs> Great coaching there, but right. they,
1: they could be, cause they were, I mean, last year you look at the, like the, the Texas tech, Iowa state game. Now, granted, it was a brand new quarterback. There's there are, there are reasons why that is frustrating and difficult to play against. But at the same time, like Iowa State should have been able to do better. But Texas Tech just really executed really well, and then yeah. you know hit a 97-yard field goal to win the game. But that team shows up, and Texas Tech is a pretty formidable opponent to pretty much anybody. And and playing in Lubbock it has lost a little bit of its luster over time. And I never really had that much difficulty. Like when I was there, we never really had that much difficulty playing in Lubbock, but it is a really rowdy place that takes kind of, it's takes pride in what it's doing. So if they're playing, if they're reasonably good at different places and a Tyler shock being capable of doing it, I mean, they got a chance to pick some people off. Like I think the, there is really, there's Kansas as the bottom, like they're Mm -hmm. the 10th, but like every other position is like, you can make a case. You can make a case. I mean, Baylor is going to be somewhere between, like, first and fourth. Yeah. Like, Oklahoma is going to be somewhere between first and fourth. Oklahoma State, anywhere between first and sixth. You know, like, there's just so much openness. And that right. Texas Tech is going to be anywhere between, like, third and ninth. They have anywhere in there. So, I don't know. This is an interesting thing because he is a talented quarterback. Could they do well? Yeah. Could they do poorly? Also, yes.
0: All right, West Virginia. Neil Brown's been doing a good job out there with uh with this program. uh Recruiting really doing a great job they're mining deep for their recruits this past week west virginia hosted a seventh grader on a visit to morgantown Uh, a young man named austin christian with christian spelled with two a's back to back from the 2028 class who will be a seventh grader this season Uh, this is from the qb hit list a recruiting site that is apparently covers seventh grade quarterbacks. Get a life, man. Uh Austin has very good size for a 2028 20, pro style quarterback. I get this. Five foot eight, one hundred and fifty pounds. Uh he attacks the defense at every level, works all of his receiver options with quick strides, delivers the ball with full extension, giving his throws, added height. That is the most in-depth breakdown of junior high football that you are ever gonna hear. Man, I you shout out to Austin Christian.
1: Viewers can't see, but I am like actively rubbing my eyes as that was being read.
0: Austin Christian, quite literally, will not finish his college career or run out of eligibility in his college career until 10 years from now. Yeah, then wasn't it? Uh, what was it? Davis Mills? Is that who it was? Uh, he ended up, yeah, that might be David Stills. No, it was Davis Mills, the one that's quarterback for the or uh, that's Davis Webb. Davis Webb. No, it was Davis.
1: It was uh it was Stills. It was the the guy who ended up as a wide receiver who got offered by Lane Kiffin when yeah, he, was he was like, like 12. Yeah. twelve years old. Well his kid's probably twelve. Yeah. About the same. Like you might hit. But okay, couple questions. One, how do you know that, that kid's not gonna develop into an absolute turd of a human.
0: He was all... He was in the uniforms and everything. Did a full photo shoot in the West Virginia... I'm surprised they had one that would fit him at feet at 150. That's I'm absurd. not going to lie. It's just a
1: kicker uniform. Yeah, it's got to be. That's absurd. And then the second thing is, who, who is watching 7th graders? Yeah,
0: that's the big question here.
1: That is absolutely asinine.
0: It's like a couple of weeks ago I saw a story that they were talking about 2nd graders being ranked it's like in the Washington post about the second graders that are ranked right now for the what? top second grader in the country for what God, man, like that is okay. <laughs> We're out of control as a society,
1: man. It's crazy. And if, if you are a parent who is concerned or thinks that your kid's going to play division, something football, whether they're in high school or junior high or college, may I offer you this advice? Burn every one of those rankings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now there are times when there's, when it's useful, There are times when as you're actively trying, when you get to the point where you're close enough in age that they've sort of developed in what's going on, those rankings become useful. But the problem with those rankings is with those rankings comes pressure. And with pressure comes a lack of energy and desire to do the thing that you're supposed to be good at doing. And when you have to force what you're doing, they're going to burn out, whether they're going to burn out in high school, whether they're going to burn out in college, whether they're going to burn out somewhere before then. If you have these rankings existing for seventh graders, the pressure that that kid is under to do everything right all the time is absurd. So, like, that is the dumbest thing, absolutely the dumbest thing. Well, keep keep an eye on Austin Christian, I guess. No, you know what? I'm gonna need I'm gonna need glasses. I got I got good vision, but I'm gonna need readers by the time that kid's in college.
0: Forty years, oh, almost be forty by the time that kid is playing. I have nieces. I, have,
1: I got triplet nieces right now. They're gonna be in seventh grade by the time that kid gets there.
0: Do, here's. If you're a parent out there and you think your kid might be a pretty good athlete, don't have them thinking about college when they're in the seventh grade. That's the dumbest thing that I've ever heard. Play sports, man. Yeah, just let your kids go and have fun. Where's this kid even from? That's what I wanted to see. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't say. This is just crazy. That's insane. All right. uh, What do you think? TCU next? Let's go TCU. Um, The big story for them, it's a continuing quarterback battle. Max Duggan or Chandler Morris? uh Duggan obviously kind of the incumbent guy that's Is been Morris the kid that was at SMU around, yeah he has so now how do we feel about about TCU knowing that we've got this quarterback battle with Max Duggan Chandler Morris new head coach Sonny Dykes what are you feeling what's your feeling on the Horned
1: Frogs unless one guy like takes the job by the balls that's not a great situation to have yeah you know like if
0: you would have to think Duggan will be the guy. It, it right? has to be. I mean, but the problem like, is He's been a good player for them. I mean, how what's
1: what because he's a senior, right? Yeah, he has to be. And so what class is uh Morris?
0: Morris in? is probably the class behind him.
1: Yeah. So I mean, you have two older guys, which is fine, but you have one guy that's a little bit older, has been there longer. Um personality-wise, maybe there's one guy that's clearly above the other one, but like we talked about it with Tyler Shuck at Oregon. If you're always if you have the feeling that you are looking over your shoulder, especially at a position that requires so much accuracy, and can you imagine if Brock thought, last year, if Brock Purdy thought that at any point Hunter Deckers was going to come in, how many more mistakes would have been made mm-hmm. in trying to avoid mistakes? You know, like the same kind of, like that, that absurd TCU interception, Dude's trying to make a make a play, trying to avoid a sack. He's because if you take a sack, that's a bad thing. You get screamed out in the sideline. I'm going to try and avoid that thing. So you make this mistake in avoidance of making mistakes, and then all of a sudden you suck, and then the other guy goes in. Well, then that guy has the fear that he's going to get pulled at some point. So like you have to have some confidence that you can make you can just play free and go do it. So I don't know quarterback controversies. I think those are almost always bad if one guy doesn't have. Either either the sheer force of personality or execution to say like all right this is our guy and we're gonna stick with him and go. So the, t-
0: the 2020 TCU man game man that was a turning point. That was a, after a fourteen coming, to seven. Well, no, that was the that was like 2018. I'm talking 2020, the year during the COVID year, as their first conference game after uh, after losing to Louisiana to open the season, and then when Brees. Popped that, yeah, seventy-eight yarder, like almost right out of the gate. And it was a really weird game. There was the play with Brock, and then I think there was something crazy that happened at the end. And then uh, that was like right oh, on it was the line, it was and it was Gary a- Patterson didn't go for two on it or something. It like was like that. A,
1: oh, it was a hail mary. They were down yeah. by nine, and they had a, a
0: hail mary. A hail
1: mary, pretty much as time expired. To yeah. instead of lose by nine, they lost by seven or six or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah,
0: something crazy. All right. Uh, We'll go to Kansas State. All right, this isn't as much. I don't have like a headline here. I I still can't get over the Adrian Martinez conundrum of of Kansas State. Man, like I just I would be at a I would be at a solid two on them. Like if I'm I'm gonna change the scale here, one to ten. How confident am I in Kansas State? Not very. Not very. They what what have you done to make me confident? That's what I'm saying. He's made me. He's done way too many things to make me not confident for me to feel that he can go to a different school in. Like com- I, I can be confident in that. You like, know?
1: And all of this is sort of borrowed reputation. You know, like the reason why Kansas State is getting all this dark horse pub right now is because Kleiman was awesome at North Dakota State. Objectively, the dude won so many national championships was oh, yeah. awesome at North Dakota State. Kansas State, when Bill Snyder was there, was consistently always really good. They were salty all the time. They were always eight plus wins. You can almost like clockwork count on them being in the top third of whatever division or conference they're going to be in because Bill Snyder's there. And then Taylor uh, and then Martinez has explosiveness and borrowed credibility from being talented at Nebraska. How much of that stuff has happened with Chris Kleiman and Martinez at Kansas State without Bill Snyder? None of it. None of it there's none of it that's been there so it's all borrowed credibility now again that might be true they might be good they quarterback the, has been the thing that's held them back like that's that's what i'm trying to say because they, skylar thompson has yeah, just been
0: it's skylar thompson has been hurt. so injury prone he's been hurt all the time and you look what happened has happened with will howard anytime they've had to put him out there and it, i mean they put him into that game against iowa state i think last year and that was a pretty much a disaster for them for the majority of the game you know mm-hmm. and that's where i Martinez, one, has hardly ever been able to stay healthy. There's always been something while he was at Nebraska that he was banged up with, whether it's a shoulder that I think he's had to have multiple surgeries on uh, or all kinds of different things, or it's just been mental mistakes. And that's like, how can I feel confident in a quarterback that makes mental mistakes at the rate that he does, especially in, in the moments in games that he does? And It's the, always at the worst time. And the way
1: that Kansas State plays, they're not going to blow anybody out. So yeah, you can't got play that out, way. you got to out-execute someone who, when right. you're playing them and – are you going to out execute Baylor? Are you going to out execute Oklahoma State? Are you going to out execute Iowa State? Are you going to out execute Oklahoma? You know, like, are you going to be in those positions to out execute those teams when you are a person, when you're a player who consistently doesn't? Now, it might again, it might have been situation. It might have been that he's not in the right like headspace to do it, and the coaching there might be better. And they st- again, I'm not ruling out that they're going to be good, but like. It's all borrowed credibility at this point with Kansas State that people are going to say that. Because, like, let's say that it was TCU or Texas Tech or West Virginia that has all of these variables right now that exist. The exact same team, exact same coach. Would we be saying that West Virginia is a dark horse to win the league? No. Probably not. Because we are counting on Bill Snyder, Kansas State. We're counting on North Dakota State, Chris Kleiman. And we're counting on Nebraska, Taylor Martinez. No, not,
0: Nebra- not Nebraska, Adrian Martinez. You don't count We're want counting on Nebraska. the improved version of yeah. Adrian Martinez. You The the more stable version.
1: Yeah. And so you're borrowing all these bits of credibility.
0: Yeah. And mixing, springing in a little bit of hope and hoping that it's going to work. I just, I hope Kansas State fans are ready for the wild, for a roller coaster with that deal. And that just seems like a bad mix when you've got a roller coaster running the show with with that the way that they want to play football so i don't know about that one all right mike gundy uh continues to spit fire we're going to try and we'll fly through these last three real quick uh he was taking aim at texas and oklahoma uh right away here uh to espn last week quote let's cut to the chase they made a choice to financially secure their athletic department for the next 12 to 15 years people can talk about all the reasons but that's why they did it all for the money and took a lot of history out of this league and a lot of history out of college football with them uh, and then he continues to go on and basically just tries to drag Texas and Oklahoma the entire time. Mike Gundy is on fire. How do you feel about the Cowboys? I, I love the fact that it's just true, you know, like, but also when Gundy really like is going hard talking, it means he usually probably got a pretty good team. I think he probably feels good about it. considered that. Yeah. I feel like he probably thinks his team's pretty good. That's true. It is funny, though. But he is right. Yeah. Gundy is 100% correct. It's just funny
1: because, like, in this time frame, like, camp, you never get a straight answer out of anybody. Like, everybody's going to win the national title. Every player that you ask about is going to be a starter. Every player that is a starter is going to be an All-American. Like, everybody is in peak form. And every injury doesn't matter. You know, like, every injury is just... Next man up. Next man up. Like everything doesn't matter. Like nothing is real. So then you get like Gundy coming through these like straight truth bombs.
0: Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like when when Gundy's at his wonkiest, it's either things are going really bad or he feels like his team's gonna be really good, and I doubt that they're gonna be really bad. So it is, I don't know. Gundy. If I could be a good year for Gundy, could be a good year for the all That's I what I'm, like I'm getting a feeling. I don't know if they like us still.
1: Like if if they if they. I'm sure that they.
0: I'm sure that they certainly hold have some hard feelings against you, but I. I mean, it's probably not personal. I mean, us as an Iowa State. not oh, us I do me. I don't, no, no, it's you. I mean, it's I get you. that. I'm fine. I'm yeah. fine with.
1: I'm fine with a little bit of disdain. That was listed
0: as the number three most impactful game of the 2000s earlier this week on the athletic. I've, I didn't know if you know that. Top uh, three impactful. How does that feel? That you were you were the, basically the one that pushed the domino over. Uh, who's one and two? That's my question. Uh, I think it was. Uh, what was it? Um, the, the 2011 national championship game actually, I think was on there. The one that Oklahoma, Alabama, LSU, and then, uh, the 2006 national championship game, Ohio state in Florida, the one that started the uh, SEC's run of championships, I think was up there. I mean, it's a debatable list. I don't know. I'm not going to like go through it. I'm not going to go through this whole thing. Uh, all right. Oklahoma, uh, Basically, the headline of this article was General Booty. New era of Oklahoma football brings fresh mindset and energy. Everybody's fired up about the energy that Brent Venables has brought to the program. He, he, you know that Brent Venables has been fired up. Like, he is probably in there giving some ridiculous speeches. I imagine that when he gives a speech that's not on camera, he swears every like five words. And it's, and it's, they're hard. Yeah. And it's never, it's really never necessary. It's
1: just, Swearing, just and it's like a punctuation. Yeah, it's like a hiccup.
0: Yeah. Uh, are you I, buying into the Sooners and Brent Boonable's new energy? I kind of am. You are? I kind of am. Oh, man. I mean, okay. so the thing again, think, it's not because of general booty. Not.
1: It's the general booty, just <laughs> general booty. Uh, no, so, so the thing that like that is interesting about Oklahoma is in a similar way they're like kansas but way better Mm -hmm. in the times that they've been bad or the times that they've lost they're kansas but way better it's not like way better way substantially leaps and bounds better (laughs) but their problem is not in capacity to execute and their problem isn't even necessarily in like true decision making because they're like justifiable decisions they're just wrong so when they make mistakes they make mis- they make selfish mistakes they make mistakes that are trying to get be be individually effacing and they the there are very few people that can check that level of talent and Brent Venables has been able to do that because he's been at Clemson for so long now am i buying this year's version of Oklahoma i don't know i don't i don't know if you got enough time to get that out of you especially like you get kicked in the face You go back to whatever habits you have built. So at some point, they're going to get kicked in the face. At points, they're going to get kicked in the face. So do they respond with doing the right thing or the wrong thing? So like, yeah, you got new energy now, but that's great. But I mean, in a few years, Brent Venables is going to have him doing the right thing because he knows how to get him to do the right thing in Clemson. And back when Oklahoma's defense was good, back when he was there the first time. So like, yeah, they're going to be good. I don't know if it's going to happen this year because you got a lot of bad habits to change if you're Oklahoma. So... You know what is going to be good, though, is not having Spencer Rattler there.
0: That will be nice. Uh, I realize I I skipped over one. Quinn Ewers, named the starting quarterback at Texas, former number one overall recruit in the country, has not thrown a pass in a game, I think, since he was a junior in high school in 2020. Uh, Are you buying into the Longhorns with the savior of the program, part whatever, 50 at this point or something like that, Quinn Ewers? What do you think? I'm going to take it guess that that's a no big old fat no did you see how they that how sark announced it no uh it was friday night they were having availability or something like that obviously this has been a hot topic of debate whether or not it would be uh quinn ewers or hudson card who started a bunch of games for them last season uh and he just sent a spokesperson in there and all he said was quinn's gonna be the starter that's how that's how you do it you just don't even make a big deal out of it you know that's by sending a spokesman down.
1: That's, and that's how you do it. Is you want to, you know, you want to face the music by yourself. You want to own whatever decisions yeah. are there. You and wanna, then answer
0: no questions. Yeah. About
1: you want to make sure that you have an open availability for people to question and push back on that. You know, you, you, you got to make sure that you, you really connote authority when you make that decision. That's the, that's what you make really want to make sure. I think he did a great job of that. He did. He did excellently handled all that and you know and by this there's going to be absolutely no way that uh Quinn yours has like excess undue pressure on him none I mean the kid's going to go in I mean what is it Austin it's not like it's you know Lawrence or Lawrence Kansas or Fargo North Dakota I mean this guy it, it's fine he is going to be able to just execute like he you know, like it's his, just playing football in the backyard
0: the million dollar man at uh, at Ohio State so I think he could take three snaps and hand the ball off three times Yeah, just give it to number five. Again,
1: all of this, like, I'm so ready for football to start because I'm so sick of all this bullshit that comes out of every program that everything is the most important thing. We're all going to win the national championship. We're all going to be all Americans. We're all going to be all conference before Uh, anything has happened.
0: Yeah, so last one, Baylor, the clear front runners to win the league. Tame Williams is a running back for the Baylor Bears. He said the Bears have the best running back room in the country. They do not. I'm just telling you what Tay, Mc, Tay McWilliams said. I appreciate that, Tay. I appreciate that you literally, that you went on that whole rant, and then I had a story for you ready. That Tay, Mc, Tay McWilliams says they have number one running back room in the country. The funny thing is, didn't they lose their two best backs from last year? Tristan, yep. Tristan Ebner plays for the Bears, I think, now, or something and like that. And then Abrams, is Abram Smith or Abraham Smith? Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. Abram Smith.
1: Yeah. And they, they lost both of those guys. Okay, so, yeah. So hey, best best in the country.
0: Man, that's a tough one. They don't look, even have the dude. best in East Texas. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Man, best in the country. All right. Well,
1: Again, all of everything in camp doesn't matter. The great news is there is actual meaningful football that happens f- what, 6 days from now? Yep. Saturday. Week 0. And then we like next week, we'll actually be able to talk about a game. We'll have a depth chart to talk about.
0: Can we get a prediction from you for week zero Nebraska-Northwestern? I don't know if you heard. Scott Frost said the offensive lineman been puking 25, 30 times of practice. I, feel- I think the Huskers are looking good. Can you imagine if that's actually true. They just have to have like a like
1: a uh, like a puke bucket on a dolly to just just follow the linemen wherever they go.
0: The best part is that so many people did think it was true because it's like one the logistics of that just don't make any sense whatsoever. Right. Uh second of all, everybody got outraged about it, which was like the most predictable thing of all time. That Scott Frost was going to say something stupid like that and then it was going to become a whole big deal and everybody's going to be like, "Oh my god." <laughs> is heat stroke funny?
1: Yeah, there is no, I I don't know what the tenor of that was. And I don't know if there's ever been any live comment on that. But I yeah. bet it was like, yeah, there's like 15, 20 guys puking every day. You know, like, I'm sure it was said it in like probably, some it offhand was jest. comment. Yeah, it yes. was like
0: in jest. And then someone reported it, took it literally. And it's like, no, no, nobody's puking. Like, they're not puking. If I mean, they there did might that, be people. The medical but.
1: staff, if, if that was true, if that was actually true, and the medical staff did not intervene. There'd be some serious questions. They would be fired. Yeah, yeah there'd be a lot of people getting fired. They would be f- absolutely fired. Like the most that I've ever seen is in like off season conditioning, right. When you come back from winter break, when everybody's been going home and partying with their buddies and eating grandma's Christmas food right. for a week. And then you come back and then maybe like three guys in the heart of like absolute off season conditioning do it. Like that's like, that's the, the maximum, but the, there's no possible way that that is true without the entire medical staff getting fired.
0: I don't know, Scott Frost 25, 30 guys. I don't know. It's 1,000 guys. It, I mean, it could be. It, I think literally... Scott Frost himself been, pukes. They've had to bring in trucks to take out tons and tons of puke that is drained off the field during fall camp in Lincoln.
1: You know, they have, like, uh, like, baby bibs that, like, catch all the food. Yeah. Like, when they're eating. Like, all the offensive linemen just have to wear these giant baby bibs that they can, they can just vomit into. As is in the middle of practice. So, they got the big... Like the cotton ball heads. They just have a, you know, a like they've got dip. the
0: caps that everybody wears. What are they called? The guardian caps or something uh-huh. that they put on top. They've got one that like hangs off the bottom too. It's off the face. It's like yeah, no. off the face. Ma- they just puke right into it. They just it. clip a high V sack <laughs> on, on their face mask. Tie it on. <laughs>
1: And, there's sorts, and it's like when, uh, like when you take a dog for a walk and you have to like yeah. tie the poop bag up and they just carry around with it. It's, they do that. Yeah,
0: every, you got one person whose job <laughs> is to carry the nasty puke bags to the trash can. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. It's totally true. I, I read it in, a, in an article. It's totally true. Take the Huskers. I don't know what the line is. I think it was 12 last I saw. Northwestern's probably not going to be that
1: good. And I would imagine I, Nebraska has to be better than they were last year. They just have to be, like mathematically, you're not going to be that bad again.
0: I don't know. I heard Kansas State's going to win the Big 12 all no. because, of Nebraska, because Nebraska let Adrian Martinez go. So. True. All right. We'll talk to you guys again soon. We'll talk to you guys again next week. We'll preview, preview a real football game here on Football and Random Things. Thanks. Peace.